Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G, with me, not as always, a special, special guest. Wow. You may remember from oh, Carry the Denominator a year and a half ago, Mr. El Jefe May. How's it going, Doc? Good to be here. Feeling real good. Yeah. That's right. It is good, man. It's good to have you on the show. Now, granted, it's because my co-hosts are just gallivanting around the world, Wait, not caring about our show. As if they've got bigger and better things to do right now. They no, don't. There's no way. There's no way. There's nothing bigger and better than this show. Thank you. We'll, we'll you prove that throughout the show. Yeah, you, you might be able to think of one thing. Nope. But even then, I'm not too sure about that. Nope. Not one thing. Not one thing. Well, you missed, Jeff, this last week. We had a, a talk, me and Justin, the Virgin Bat. We had a talk about generational Worse. wars. And me and you, before we came on air, we're talking about it. Okay, <laughs> Boomer. Okay, Boomer. Which uh, I summed up with Justin. Basically, all that is is uh, another way, a nice way to frame okay, Yes! That's pretty much all you got there. That's and, and 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 my thought about this was if you're gonna do you're gonna say that you can't you can't regulate it to one generation. Nope. There are shits that go across. Oh yeah, that's it's it's multi-platform. It goes that's that's a broad net is mm -hmm. what you're casting right there. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got bad news. Oh no, we've got new news in the generational wars. Uh, those generation Zebos, they won't start. They won't stop. <laughs> Girl, come on. Uh, so they they started with the incendiary OK Boomer. They got a new one. They got a new one. So now I think they noticed the generation X wasn't getting any action. Nope. You know they were throwing all their shade, all their hate at the Boomers. They were lobbing it, and up. they were like, "We've got, we've got Generation X." What do we need to do with Generation X? Well, now there's an insult going from the Zebos to Generation X. Let's hear it. Word. They have now given Gen Xers the title of being the Karen generation. <laughs> Karen. As in, uh, apparently, uh, this is referring to a stereotype of a dissatisfied woman who wants to speak to the manager, hmm. a, a middle-aged woman who is dissatisfied with what's going on. She wants to speak to the manager. And uh, I, I got this news from BuzzFeed, so you know it's good. Uh, and they credit Julia. Julia, a 23-year-old from Norway with the uh, Twitter handle Julesyfruit. Word. Uh, with this idea. And uh, Julia explained to BuzzFeed that Karens are privileged from the system that the boomers set up for them and are now acting entitled to work against Gen Zers. She went on to say they're usually racist, homophobic, transphobic, don't believe in vaccines or climate change, 
and tend to stand their ground and act like everybody else is wrong and they're always right. Jeez. Ooh. It's a pretty big charge right that's, there. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's a, You're licking the fingertip and going through the pages on that one. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, first off, Julia. Word. You sound like a person that thinks you're always right. That's a fact. I got to say that. Oh, most definitely. That sounds like a person that thinks they're always right. Second, a person with the name Julesy Fruit that ripped off Juicy Fruit that people only know because of a jingle that was made in 1983 during the time of Gen Xers. So true. Should be able to recognize how important Gen Xers are. (laughs) Just saying. Third, let's go down your list of what Gen Xers are. First, she said racist. Okay, they're racist. Well, let's see. Sean King, American writer, civil rights activist, founder of Real Justice, born in 1979. So a Gen Xer. Mm. Doesn't seem to support her first claim. Nope. Mm. First claim, I got to take off. 0 for 1. 0 for 1, Julesy. Next on the list, homophobic. How about let's go with Neil Patrick Harris. Openly gay actor right there. Supporter of several... LBGT charities in his adult life. Born in 1973. So true. There you go. Not I don't looking, think you can say Not he's looking homophobic. good for Julesy right now. I, I don't I don't think he's homophobic. Nope. Next on the list, anti-vaxxers. Let's go with Peter Kwong. Dr. Peter Kwong, who works at the National Institute of Health and is initiating the first clinical trial for the vaccine of HIV. Say what? Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think you can you can say that's anti-vac. Seems like that's very pro-vac, actually. About as pro-vac as you can get, Ex- I would go on a limb and say. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so last on the list, uh, we had uh, doesn't recognize climate change. How about we go with Dan Rosegard, Dutch artist and designer, which is credited with making the Smog Free Project, and his studio, Rosegard, is dedicated to making environmentally friendly projects. Born 1979. I would go on a, another limb here and say uh, Julesy here. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the kind of person that would live in like San Francisco and not do anything for climate change. She lives in Norway. Mm. I don't know what she does for climate change, but it's not as much as Dan Rosengard. I'll go ahead and bet everything I have in my bank account on it. I'll just say that. In fact, I'll say Gen Xers, all the ones that I brought up, making the world a better place. So true. What are you doing, Julesy Fruit? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. None of the above. I know you're angry, Julesy Fruit, but just give it a few years. You'll see that your generation is full of Karens, a.k.a. OK Boomers, a.k.a. Oh, yeah. There's That's, all kinds of them. Yeah, it's going to be applied to just about every single generation, I would, I would say. You, you, can, you, can, I, you could come across somebody on the street, mm-hmm. and, and they could look a certain age, mm-hmm. and they start acting a certain way, and you go, oh, my God, that is such a boomer right there. And they, they turn around, and they go, I'm 28. And mm-hmm. you go, dang, man, yeah. I'm... I've screwed up my stuff here. Well, that's what I showed last week on the show, Jeff, was that I went through all six living generations and showed a great person from each generation. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. So with that being said, this show that's meant for all six generations, are you ready to fire it up? Please. Awesome. Take me. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. We've got an amazing show today. We've got the lead singer of the fantastic band Miss You, Mr. Blaze Bayan. I'm going to tell him 
how I love his name, Blaze. <laughs> it's an awesome name. I wish I had the name Blaze. I don't. Nope. It's lame. Ben. <laughs> Nobody wants that name. You could yeah, Ben the Blaze. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's my nickname. He's like, hey, that's my real name. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's my nickname, the Blaze. All right? <laughs> that's what people call me. In the blaze. I do like that. That's nice. But we're going to start where we always start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. I don't know if this is your forte or not. I remember this has been tough on you in the past. I'm pretty sure I'm a hot 0 for 6 on these, (laughs) but... That doesn't mean I'm not going to try here. Here we go. Okay. Born on November 20th, 1942 in Scranton, Pennsylvania. When our birthday sewer was 11, him and his family moved to Claymont, Delaware, and then eventually to Wilmington, Delaware. He graduated in 1961 from the University of Delaware, where he majored in history and political science. On a spring uh, field trip, or not spring, what? On a spring uh, break trip to the Bahamas, he met his soon-to-be wife, Nelia Hunter. He then went to Syracuse Law and earned a law degree. His first taste of government was being on the Newcastle County Council. Then in 1973, uh, he became a U.S. Senator from Delaware. Hmm. And he held that position for 36 years Jeez. until he became vice president for Barack Obama. Name that birthday suit wearer. Oh. oh my. The first thing that honestly came to mind was first, that sounds almost identical to what my previous boss did in his life. <laughs> what? So I know that's not the case. I don't think it's your previous boss. And then honestly, right from the gut, all I want to say is Joe Biden. That is correct. Oh, it's about time. Biden. <laughs> yes. Former vice president, current presidential candidate, and immaculate chicklets for teeth mr joe biden he's got really shiny big teeth (laughs) i don't know what happened from him being vice president to now as a candidate but they did like whitening or something a whole lot of funding went to that grill i think that's what i'm feeling i think so plus and i'm not one you know i don't want to make fun of somebody's hair condition whatever you got going on you got going on but it seems like he's been trying to hold on to that hair for a long he's, time. He's hold, he's holding on for some sort of immaculate recovery. Like, right I don't now. know if he's <laughs> been using different treatments or not, but whatever it is, it sort of worked because it seems like he has more hair now than he did like in 1972. That's a fact. So, whatever's going it might just be because it's white, so it looks like yeah, cooler, the way the light hits white. it and everything. You're like, okay, it's working for it's him. It's got a little bit of fluff to it. Yeah, but he doesn't yeah, want to yeah, hit yeah. any rain. That would get bad. <laughs> That would get bad. Anyways, Joe is celebrating, what is that? That'd be his 77th, 77th birthday. 77. Wow. Getting up there. Happy birthday, Joe. Live it up, Big Joe. All right. Um, We do something on the show from time to time, uh, Jeff, when we have a segment that maybe we need to follow up on a little bit. Maybe I didn't know all the details, or... Maybe I just have some new deets that I want to give the listener. So we do that on a show we are on a segment we call Previously on the Doc G Show. Previously on the Doc G Show. Last week we had a story about some turtles in Seattle, Jeff. I don't know. Did you hear about these turtles? No, but I'm already interested. Okay, well, uh, somebody tried to make these turtles in Seattle racist. 
Word. As you do with turtles. Nope. <laughs> I had one of those when I was younger. Well, uh, hopefully you did not paint any backward swastikas on your turtles. No, I can't Good. say I did. Good. Congratulations. Yes! I've that made is it. the right answer. <laughs> well, I've got news about these turtles. So everybody was very disheartened by seeing these uh, forced to be racist turtles. So right? true. And uh, I was I was angry because they didn't sign up to be part of that hate group. Nope. They mm. did not say they want to be that. And then they're turtles. They can't reach to erase it. They're stuck with it. And that's their home. Like, come on. That's not right. That's not right. Well, I've got news. Um, the police went out to catch the turtles. Ooh. Right? They couldn't find the turtles at first. They got worried. And actually, while they were trying to find the turtles, they had a protest about how they didn't want racist turtles in their park. People did, not the police. Hmm. So there was a protest going on. They were looking for the turtles. Eventually, they found the turtles. And uh, they released this statement. They said the turtles will be rehabilitated, their shells conditioned, and they will be placed in a safe environment. Which oh I know, my. I know it's terminology, but I love that they use the rehabilitated. Like these turtles had actually become Ed Norton <laughs> from American History X, and they were like, I just don't know. I got all these conflicting <laughs> ideas in my head, man. And they're like, no, no, it's the wrong idea. You do not want to be a Nazi. And they were like, okay, okay, I want. I'm a turtle. I've been reconditioned now. That's right. It's nice. Nice. Now, an interesting tidbit, the police... Uh, also noted that the turtles were not native to the area. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. So, which they were means placed there. these people that painted swastikas on these turtles, not only painted swastikas on turtles backwards, but they also brought them. They brought their own turtles and put them in this lake. They spent money. Mm-hmm. I would assume they spent money. Or or they went hunting turtles. Th- for turtles. Yeah. And they, they found the best of the best to paint backwards swastikas on. Yep. And place them into this park's pond yep. is what I'm assuming mm-hmm. here. Yep. Hmm. Now, were they in the Karen generation is what I want to say. Because <laughs> that seems I- like something a Karen might do. Whatever generation they are, they're probably a Karen and a and a Nazi Karen would be my guess. And they're still on the loose. They are for the turtles. But the police are the police are going to find them, no doubt. The police are going to find them. Are you ready? Now that we've got through that follow up story, to rip some headlines. Yes. It's now time for rip from the headlines. Okay, uh, Jeff. This first story comes from USA Today. Uh, now, you weren't here, and I was wishing Dave or Justin were going to be here because they heard this story. They were both on the show. Last year, uh, April 2018, we had a show about a lady in Fort Pierce, Florida, who told the police when they found cocaine in her purse that the wind must have blown it into the purse. Word. That sounds like a Florida woman right out the gates. <laughs> Not surprisingly, police didn't buy it. I know, it's weird, but Dang. they didn't buy it. And apparently, this is this is not a repeat story, but apparently they've got some really drug-carrying wind in Fort Pierce, Florida, because another person tried the exact same story, except this time it was a car. 
And Ooh. the person claimed that they were in their car and the wind must have blown it into the window of their car. It's like... Wait, what? Like literal tumbleweed yes. going through the air. Except tumble coke. Yeah, tumble this, coke at this in point. In this case. <laughs> so Jack, uh, Zach Joseph was pulled over by the police in Fort Pierce. Uh, this was on Halloween. Uh, and they found a drug pipe and a bag with residue that tested positive for cocaine. Hmm. And the cops asked him about the drugs, and he said, I don't know anything about it. You know what? Wind must have blown it in. I've never seen it before. Came right through the window. Now, what I like was the writers at USA Today, they wanted to clear up the probability of it actually being the wind. And at the end of the story, they say the affidavit does not list wind speed or meteorological conditions at the time. What? <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, you know what? It was the hurricane. We pulled him over, and it actually, the wind was 150 miles per hour. So <laughs> there were a lot of stuff blowing around. Understandable. Could have been a bag of cocaine. Flying I wasn't around sure. in. Wasn't it's, sure. It sounds, to be honest, it sounds like they're playing on the uh, the, the Holes movie there, uh, where, where a buddy throws his shoes off the bridge, hits, hits Shia LaBeouf, mm-hmm. and bam, he's in, in jail for Knew it. Knew it. Knew it. That's a... Maybe maybe he was watching. Maybe they're watching holes before he got pulled over. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, so this next story comes from CNN. There is a true Doogie Hauser in Belgium. Wait, what? do you know Doogie Hauser? You have to let me know. Never heard of Doogie Hauser. Uh, for a summer, I'm picturing like a Scruff McGruff. It's right from now. it's it's from the Karen generation. <laughs> Girl, come on. So uh, back in the night, well, actually, I guess it's early millennials. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'd be when millennials were kids. Mm-hmm. Anyways, early '90s, there was a Neil Patrick Harris yep. show uh, where he was supposed to be a child genius that uh, became a licensed MD by the time he was a teenager. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So any, anyways, back to this story. Uh, there's a Doogie-like Hauser kid in Belgium. So there's this nine-year-old who's on course to get a bachelor degree in electrical engineering in Belgium. Jeez. Nine. And get a bachelor's in electrical engineering. You know what? Wow. I don't know how I feel about that, to be (laughs) honest. Laurent Simons is going to finish the electrical engineering degree in nine months. He's done the whole degree in nine months. He enrolled high school when he was six. What? When he was six. I got to be honest, sort of like you, if I was one of those professors, I would not want him in my class. I'd be like, you know what? There's no way a nine-year-old's making me feel stupid. Yeah. He does not get to be in one of my classes. Please don't do this to me right now. No, no. I, hey, you are four feet tall. You do not talk <laughs> over me. Yeah! All right? Until you are this tall, you cannot answer a question. No. Uh, Laurent told CNN his favorite subject is electrical engineering, but he'd also like to do a little study a little bit of medicine. So he's decided that his career path is going to make artificial organs for the human body. Hmm. I got. I got to say, I do think this guy seems like the person that could make an actual Terminator. He seems at that point, yes. With what he is studying, now I'm sweating a little bit. He could like he's going to create something, and he'll be 14 years old, and he's like, "Look what I've created." Yep. 
It does everything. Yeah. It is a human. Then we got a problem. Then Arnold Schwarzenegger's walking around shooting people. Jeez. Then Lawrence is pumping out a factory of them. Yeah. We don't even know. Girl, come on. Watch out for him. He's nine. He, he moves to nine. like Rio de Janeiro or something. We've got to use his intelligence for good. We got to reach Lawrence and use his intelligence for good, which means he should never be on the show. But oh. he should use it for good. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, you do you, Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Just know, keep it on record that I'm rooting for you, Lawrence. Okay. So there if we go. thing goes bad, don't don't come looking for just Jeff. remember don't, that I had your back. Don't look for Jeff. That's right, uh, Jeff. If you uh, recall, last week we had uh, Veterans Day on yes. Monday. Um, big celebrations, uh, Jeff. I don't know if you have any veteran friends. My father oh, was in the uh, Navy for 11 years. There you go. Well, my veteran friends, they get pretty jazzed on Veterans Day for the free stuff. Oh, I don't see why you wouldn't. They get pretty excited. They basically map out their day, and they're like, I'm going here for breakfast. Like you do it on your birthday. I'm going, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Heavy.com did those veterans a solid by releasing a list of all the national deals out there that were going on for Veterans Day. And I checked it out. And, uh, you know, there were the normal places on the list, Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, giving out some free wings, Hooters, giving out a free entree. There, uh, but there was, there was a curveball that that's why I wanted to bring up the list, which was Chuck E. Cheese hmm. was offering a free personal pizza. Now, obviously, I know there are a lot of veterans with kids. Yeah, right? that's the only th- way I could make sense of that. But I want to—I want to see the veteran by himself <laughs> that walks into the Chuck E. Cheese and is like, "Listen, give me thirty tokens and give me my free pizza. I'm a veteran." To I go, des- <laughs> I deserve it. Like I'm here to party. Let's do it. Bring out the singing bears. Fully suited up and everything. Exactly. Even man. if it was like a group of them. That'd be just as That'd amazing. That'd be even better, actually. <laughs> They're pushing kids out to use the ski ball. Out of the way! Woo! <laughs> it's my day! Yeah, I'm a veteran. Uh, okay. So, obviously, uh, I've got some learned co-hosts. You've got yourself a degree. Justin's working on another degree. You're in the works for another degree. Dave's already got two degrees, right? Well... Did you ever think about going maybe a different master's route, Jeff? I've got a new program you could think about going into. Hmm. I'm open. Just I'm open to it. Give it, a, give it a thought. Maryland added a new one. University of Maryland added a new one to the list. They just added a master's program in medical cannabis. Hmm. That's literally the title of the, the program. A master's of medical cannabis. Yes. Yes. The university says the students will study the basics of medical marijuana, clinical uses, federal policy and legislation. And Leah Sarah, the director of the program, said there have been a number of studies, primarily with health professionals, indicating that there is an educational gap related to marijuana, related to medical cannabis. Now, don't get me wrong, Jeff. I am all for medical marijuana i'm all for legal recreational marijuana that's right but at the same time i I don't think there's a need for like a whole program nope Uh, yeah i feel like you can knock that one out in like a summer yeah you just sort of 
maybe you offer like a couple weekend classes about, about say, it. You could have a weekend workshop yeah. and be like, here's what we got. Like a certificate or something about it. There's dispensaries. Yeah. The end. Like, it doesn't take too much. I mean, think of all the marvels of pharmaceutical medicine, like penicillin and vaccines and chemotherapy. And they don't have their own degree. And then you've got this one, and they're like, yeah, whole degree. Master's at that. Master's degree for like, this I one. I mean, wouldn't if you became an MD or uh, a pharmacist, you'd get you enough could sort information? Of, you could sort of cover that I one, I think you I could feel. work it out. I would love to see sort of how they brought that one to the board. And they're like, hear me out. I, I honestly think it was like, we can make a lot of money. And they showed them numbers as far as how many people would sign up for it. And they're like, yes. Do it. Good idea. And actually, one of the I saw uh, another quote from it where one of the uh, one of the faculty was trying to say, no, that's not, <laughs> we didn't do it. No, that wasn't the reason. Totally the reason. Anyways, this next story, Jeff, comes from the uh, New York Daily News. Uh, Jeff, did you ever make prank calls back in the day? I did. Yeah. I did. Weird. Yeah, I yeah, can't really do that too much anymore with all the, you know. And I feel like they can track that exactly. much more efficiently Very now. easily. Back in the day when I was a super youngster, there was no way. Oh. Like, you'd just call up. Nobody had caller ID. It was all landlines. Yeah. You were just like, oh, click. <laughs> and that was it, you know, and it was fun. Um, well, you know, uh, apparently a 38-year-old lady in the Bronx... She was all about making uh, prank phone calls, specifically to 911. Word. Now, that, no, you can't do that one. That's well, not how it works. It's against the law. <laughs> yes, yes. And officials busted her last Friday. They said that she was responsible for making 24,200 bogus calls to 911 since June. What? Since June, which boils out to over 200 calls a day that she was making to 911. What is their job? I, you know, at that point, I don't know if they have a job because <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I would guess not. Yeah. If not, she's very good at multitasking. Now I gotta wonder if if you're not gonna say this or not. Um, is what these calls were. Yeah, I was. Yes. I was I was wondering that as well. And I was like, hmm, maybe she's just like, hello, click. You know, just right, right. No. No, she actually called in with fake things. Girl, come on. She would call in with fake things. That's so, like felony. So death. every That's week, the communication division has a list of phone numbers for chronic callers, right? And apparently, this lady's name... Always near the top. Just was, soared up the leaderboards she, there. <laughs> she was always leading. So a lieutenant with the police department said sometimes she would uh, just curse at the dispatchers and then hang up. Um, but uh, usually it was to call in fake fires, fake burglaries, things like that. On average, like I said, you know, 200, 100 calls a day. That's what was going on. So on Friday, she called in a fake fire, right? And uh, the operator reminded her while she was calling in this that it was against the law to report a fake crime. So true. Uh, and then she went on a rant claiming that the NYPD and the FDNY were against her. Mm. Uh, and it was time, uh, in this time, the police actually tracked her down, you know? They oh, did yeah. their little tracky-do. And they came up to her apartment, and they knocked on the door, and she was talking to them through the door, but she wouldn't come to the door. And it was at this time that the police actually recognized 
that she was doing a fake call while she was talking to them, too. She's like, oh, hold on a second. I'm not coming to the door! All right, yeah, there's totally a fire outside. You guys gotta come. It's totally a real thing. Hey, I'm not coming to the door, police! Like, and it was just back and forth, right? Uh, and, you know, then, of course, they, they charged her, and she was released after that. And she went on this whole big thing on the local news saying that it they've, they've been uh, plotting against her hmm. for a oh, long the time. The local news giving her the time of day for this one. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just... 24,200 calls. And it took him to 24,200 to sit there and go, let's go check this lady out. Well, that's out. what I really wonder. What were you like, doing? After like the second week of her being at the top of that leaderboard, wouldn't they be like, should we probably... Let's pop by. Should we do something Let's check about her out this? real quick. They really let that one go for a long time. <laughs> like, hey, we need to get a new light bulb for that overhead four months later. You know, it's been out for... A four long months, time. probably like hey you know this lady she's been calling for four or five months giving us fake calls the Didn't. operator got all the ear time she, she ever did. needed she did okay i got a i got an actual uh headline just the headline by itself are you ready for the headline this comes from the uh will willamette week weekly willamette weekly in uh oregon hmm. and uh it's quote Portland mayor clarifies, I will take money from strippers. End quote. Word. That is the headline. Headline. That is the headline. Seal it and send it. Apparently, Ted Wheeler, he got some kickback when he said he was rejecting any donations from the adult entertainment sector. But he came back and wanted to clarify that that was from the corporate sector of adult entertainment. Yes. Any workers of Good. adult entertainment, yes. he As would he's take. clarifying. Good totally man. Totally take his their money. So that's it's good. So uh, just so we're up to date, all candidates for being the mayor mayor of Portland are taking strippers' money. So just so you know, what that. kind of grasp do you have over the strippers? <laughs> I don't know, but where there's like you have some form of what I'm picturing is some form of rally going on, <laughs> and you've got a whole section of the crowd that's just strippers. <laughs> they just they've got all their their work clothes on, <laughs> exactly. and they got picketing signs like what is ah. It? Is it uh, Bad News Bears where they get sponsored by the uh, yeah the adult uh, the adult store? Or something yeah, Ted like that? Ted Wheeler. He's getting he's getting uh, sponsored, but he doesn't want corporate sponsors yeah just the workers so lion's den can stay out of it he wants the other people just just the this are the workers of the pole that's all he wants okay would you call them blue collar workers or no collar workers they don't really have yeah they don't really have a collar uh blue string workers yeah okay yeah i don't know i get that goes sometimes around the neck you I might. don't know. I can't say I've seen one in a while. So <laughs> neither can I. Wink. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, Jeff. Last story. Uh, have you ever had any coworkers that you didn't really like hang out with outside of work, and like you saw them outside of work, and it took you a little while to recognize them? Yes. Like you yeah. knew who they were, but it like didn't register, and you're like, yeah. who? Uh, oh. Work. That's I did. Where you, yeah. 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 Well, that happened. That happened uh, this past week in uh, Seattle uh, with a uh, police captain. So he um, he really needed to recognize his coworker in this this story, but he didn't. Oof. He didn't. So uh, not only is this uh, fellow a police captain, but he's also the fire commissioner for eight fire departments in the area. 
Well, last week on Wednesday night, uh, this police captain saw one of his fellow officers and uh, offered her $40 to have sex with him because oh. he thought she was a prostitute. Oh. 40 bucks? Who are you buying for 40 bucks? Uh-huh. First off, bold. Uh, bold man. Continue. Uh, apparently, it was a vice sting operation. That's what she was doing. It was a sting operation. He walked right into it. And I'm like, dude, how do you not recognize your coworker? Was this one in... Was this an operation intended to scoop him? No, or? just in general. Oh, anybody. No. In general. And no. He comes driving up, and they're like, oh, no, Captain. Oh, he's going to do it. Oh, no. Oh, this is bad. I guarantee she was probably probably more embarrassed of like, of the fact of like, oh, God, it's like my captain. He's going to see me like this, and he doesn't know about it. And then he offers the money, and she goes, Oh, this is even worse. Well, I mean, it, yeah, it was sort of good that he was placed on administrative leave because I thought about how awkward that would be the next day at work. When <sighs> yeah, he's going like, to the office. Hey, so... <laughs> Sorry about offering you 40 uh, bucks. My bad. And if I would have known it was you, I would have totally given you more money. What? So that's... <laughs> That's wrong to say? Oh, no. I was this, playing on, like, the employee discount thing. This ah, is right, I'll even go. worse. I'll pack my bags. Yeah, so that was bad for him. Hopefully things turn around for him. Hopefully. Hopefully maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's bad. It's bad. You gotta, that's, that's a hard one to save yourself from, but you give it, like, a go on two-month break, come back, smooth as glass. Hey, guys. Anybody remember what happened two weeks? No? Good? All right. Let's uh, let's go ahead. Let's go. Anybody want to go out and get some drinks? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Not anything weird. We're totally normal. Anyways, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest today. This is Miss You with Know It All right here on the Doc G Show. a big lie, only because that you can fly, hassle me cause I'm the new guy, or maybe it's because I don't try, I was once so sure in my life, righteous darling I'd be alright, something inside me didn't feel right, and now these demons keep me up
for the eagle or the donkey or the elephant slim Welcome back to the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. This is normally where I say Dave or Justin. That rolled off the tongue, though. I'm going to say that. Yeah, well, this is where one of them usually tries to tell the audience about the podcast and where they can get it, which would be all the podcast services out there like TuneIn, like Apple Podcasts, like Google Play, all of those things. Look at my handy sticker here. And then... www.docgshow.com That is the website. Yes, you are correct. Uh, Jeff, this is where we go on and we tell uh, all the listeners that have been listening we're thankful for their listeners. What? Um, the shout-out section is what we call this. Uh, so I've broken up the shout-outs into regulars, semi-regulars, and newcomers. So we'll start with the regular shout-out to Jacksonville, of course. Shout out. Always listening. Thank you, Duval County. Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you, Columbia. Always dedicated listeners. Charlotte, North Carolina. I love Charlotte. Queen City. Very nice. Very nice. Atlanta, Georgia. ATL. Thank you, ATL, for listening. Radford, Virginia. My old hometown. Thank you, Radford. Ashburn, Virginia. As uh, as Dave says, Virginia is for Doc G lovers. It's true. Uh, Citrus Heights, California, our West Coast connection, always Ooh. listening. Uh, Kenner, Louisiana, always listening. Genoa, Italy. Thank you, Genoa, Italy. And lastly, Mozambique. Thank you, Mozambique, for listening, as always. They're dedicated international How listeners. How did you pull in Italy? I don't know. You know, they might want to email into the show or message us, let us know, but it's always dedication. Every week, they listen. Genoa, Italy. a few words of Italian wisdom. That's right. I de- well, uh, yeah, they have Italian. I cannot speak Italian <laughs> at all. Uh, Spanish, un poquito. Un poquito. But... Poco loco. <laughs> sure. Sure. That is me. Uh, semi-regulars. We're going to move on to semi-regulars. Saskatoon, Canada. Thank you, Saskatoon. Uh, Fairfax, Virginia. Thank you. Northeast, Virginia. Nashville, Tennessee. The, the Nash Vegas listening. Bluefield, West Virginia. Thank you, Bluefield. 
and Sacramento, Sacktown, California. Thank you, Sacktown. Okay. Newcomers, here we go. First off, very excited about this one. Freedom, Maine. Yes. Freedom, Maine. Now what you, a name that is. Now, you weren't on the show last week, Jeff, but we had Reverend Sean Amos, and he went to the Lost Kitchen, which is in Maine, to see his friend uh, who runs the Lost Kitchen, and she is in Freedom, Maine. So I'm going to thank... It's the Lost Kitchen that was listening to us. Yes! What is the Lost Kitchen, if I can ask? Lost Kitchen is a very exclusive restaurant that's in like a, uh, it's an old uh, mill. It's like in a 1700s mill. Mm-hmm. And she makes food basically off of what is available in the area at that time. That sounds incredible. Which I got to be honest, going to be really difficult in like January, I'm guessing. That's, I'm sure she's got a plan. Though. We've got dirt and leaves, guys. I'm cooking up some dirt and leaves stew. Everybody so. get in line. Ew. Some snow on top. Yeah, I'm going to melt some snow. It's going to be delicious. Uh yeah, so shout out to Freedom Maine. Also shout out to Pin Yan, New York. Shout out Yan, New York. I don't know where that is. I didn't. It sounds it like it's near the Shawagunks. Okay, which is a wonderful climbing spot. Nice, nice. I, I'm beat. not familiar. I'll need to check it out. Uh, then we also have Canoga Park, California. Canoga Park. Shout out. Then we have Baldwin City, Kansas. Shout out to Baldwin City, Bee Kansas. City. Yeah. And then lastly, Schwerin. Schwerin, Germany. Schwerin, Germany. Shout out You're to bringing them guys. in from all over. Yes. Try to, man. You're getting all, your all ha- fingers in all the pies right now. We try to get all continents. We try to represent for everybody, and we appreciate the listeners. Yes. If they can tolerate my voice for an hour and a half, it's a miracle, and we appreciate their listens. And so true. We're not worried about your generation either. No. Nope. No, no. If they're 85 and listening, cool. If they're 15 and listening, cool. I don't care. Lawrence, if you're listening, yeah, cool. We like you. Do not <laughs> attack us with your robots. Wait, what? Uh, okay. Jeff, it's time for second birthday suit. This may or may not be harder. I'm not sure. Oh. Depends on your... Uh, I've already won once. It's yeah, you've got one. Okay, so born November 20th, 1983 in Atlanta, Georgia... Our birthday suit wearer was introduced to rap at a young age. His cousin is Rico, who's one of the members of Organized Noise, who's in the Dungeon family. Uh Outcast, Goody Mob, those guys there. Um, He started releasing mixtapes in 2010, starting with 1000, then Dirty Sprite. Then True Story. Hmm. The songs off these mixtapes landed him a major record label contract with Epic Records. He released his full-length album, Pluto, followed by Honest, then DS2, then Evolve, then a self-titled album, then Hendrix. And then his most recent was Wizard. He was uh, briefly engaged to Sierra and has a kid with Sierra, if that helps. Hmm. Any idea? I got none. To be honest, I was thinking of Ludacris for a while. Just of, <laughs> just He's from Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Here, I'll give, okay, I'll give you a hint. He's not the past. He's not the present. Hmm. Odd future. Future. <laughs> just future. He is future. Yes. Who is, is Odd Future a person? Odd Future, I do believe, is a group. Yes. Is it? 
I think so. I think you got so. me beat. Future. Future. Is who our birthday Sue Wear is. And Rico, I'm much more familiar because I'm an old timer. So I'm true. I'm much more familiar <laughs> with his cousin than I am him. I mean, I'm familiar with future stuff. I listen to a lot of future. But uh, Rico, you know, was in Organized Noise, which they started Outcast. Yeah. They were the producers for Outcast. They are also the producers for uh, Goody Mob. Mm-hmm. They were like all of those uh, original Atlanta mixes. That was them. They they are the they are the sound of Atlanta. So he's sort of like the second generation sound of Atlanta. Pretty pretty good stuff. Turn in the big uh three six. Three six. Happy six. birthday, future. Happy birthday. Have yourself a good one. Yes, indeed. That's right. Jeff, so we're gonna do something a little unusual now. Hmm. Um normally when I pull out the segment, why would you review that? It's to look at the reviews of something that people probably shouldn't review, like like National Monuments. Or like, for instance, the first one that we ever did in the segment, the Charles Bridge in Prague. Uh-huh. Like, what do you need to say about a bridge? <laughs> right? Well, this time, I'm actually going to do... Uh, uh, why would you review that on reviews that actually probably should happen? But... This week's guest, Mr. Blaze Bayon, uh, I found out that one of his songs was recently inspired by the famous novel by John Steinbach, uh, Steinbach, Of Mice and Men. That's right. Are you familiar with Of Mice and Men? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've read it. Read it a couple times, I think. Had to read it in uh, high school. Yep. So true. First off, right... Obviously, a lot of people do review books. That's one of the things you do with them, right? Mm-hmm. And you read the reviews and know whether yep. you want to, to read it or not. Well, I felt since I was already looking at this book because of our guest, I was like, maybe I should check out the reviews. Let's see what the reviews are doing. And uh, the American Literature Classic on Goodreads, this great book, John Steinbeck, Of Mice and Men, on Goodreads is scored 39 out of five. Wait, what? A 3.9 out of five. That means Of Mice and Men got a C. It got a C. The book that is published nationally and pretty much put in just about every single high school, I want to say, to read. That is a classic of the Depression era, is a uh, work of art. That's right. The Chick-fil-A and the town center of Jacksonville got a higher score than than Of of Mice Mice and Men. Girl, come on! What is that? By the way, I, I looked up and I was like, I was like, I'm gonna see if a Wendy's has. Wendy's totally does not have a better. All the Wendy's in Jacksonville have like 1.8 out of that five sounds star. about right. That sounds about right. <laughs> Anywho, I started reading these reviews of the book, Jeff, and I've got to say, even though there's definitely a reason to review a book, these reviews may be better than any of the reviews I've read for any of the other places oh man it so, makes this makes me feel like they've got no business actually writing these reviews. oh definitely not <laughs> definitely not so let's, let's enlighten me why would you review that did somebody tell him this is a really bad idea for a segment they did and he didn't care <sighs> all right it's time for why would you review that let's start with uh nicholas smith so Nicholas Smith said, quote... Or Nick, if you go by that. He put the full name in there. 
He's he's serious. This is a review. He's got to put in the full <laughs> name. I had to read of mice and men for an English class, and I have to say the book dot 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 was indeed a book. Word of mice and men had many emotional turns that left me in awe of sorrow. Hmm. I recommend reading the novel when reading to children. Sort of a be nice or you'll be sent to a farm on the fat of the land. Wait, what? Nick? This is review. You... I think you missed something there, <laughs> Nicholas. I, I, first of all, I don't know like the... The the end part, like be nice or what? You'll be shot like Lenny That's at what the end I was of the thinking book? as he was about to turn with that one. Or like you'll end up in the Great Depression. Like I don't I I don't know what he was going for there. And then all of sorrow. I don't know like you're in wonderment of being sad. I don't know what that means. Nope. I'm so confused. Nicholas. Describe to me what you're feeling when you read this book. He really put some effort into his review. It did. I mean, tell me, tell me, did you not hear that and say, "I got to see what this book's all about"? Okay, I got. I got to check pick this up book out. of mice and men because I must have read the wrong one. <laughs> well, okay, this will clear it up. We're going to go to Katie Howard. Katie Howard says, "Quote: We just got done reading this book in my English two class, and literally everyone loved it." And now, we're doing an essay about it. Hmm. I chose the topic about sexism in the novel. End quote. Word. Thanks, Katie. Of all the things <laughs> that you could have chosen from that, doesn't you that, went with that. Doesn't that give you a good idea of what the book's about, right? That they read it in English, too, and she had to write an essay about it, and there's some sexism. That's what she she got. Oh, I hope she's not the teacher. I took that from the perspective that she was the teacher. Oh, no, no, no. This is definitely a student. It's got to be. I would guess this was the teacher saying, you guys have to write a review on on Google, Mm -hmm. and you got to post it. And she was like, done. Absolutely. Genius. The massive undertone of sexism (laughs) in Of Mice and Men. You guys missed it. I didn't. And she explained it thoroughly, though. I I got got the full page. That's Uh, big brain. Speaking of page, let's go to Calvin page. So he says, quote, so this book's title got its name from a poem. What a stupid thing. What a stupid thing. What a stupid thing. What? To a Mouse by Robert Burns. Very good poem. I like his poem. It's a good poem. I mean, I like ramen and all, but it doesn't mean it goes so good with this book. I shredded it up and put it in a blender with my chicken parm. Okay, Xbox rules. Goodbye. I like sound effects compilations on Vimeo. Xbox rules again. Wait, what? That was like a... Like a ten hit combo on me right there. That was a stream what of conscious right there. <laughs> I mean, he solidly pushes why Xbox rules. I do get yes. that out of the review. So true. And I sort of gotta wonder what kind of sound effect compilations does he like? Like And who wins in the end when he shreds the book and puts it in his chicken parmesan? I don't know. It doesn't taste good. I can tell you that. Nope. I, I I'm, I'm baffled here. I'm baffled here. I'm confused. Uh, let's move on to Harry Howe. Maybe he'll clear it up. Quote, Mice and Men is a very good 
it tells you loads about the American dream and how George and Lenny bring up a friendship and then lose it at the end. Hmm. <laughs> yes, Harry, they do lose it at the end because George shoots Lenny. So that would be... <laughs> That's how you lose it pretty fast that's, there. That's a quick way, actually. Probably the quickest way yes! you could end a friendship. I don't... Well, I wouldn't condone that, because... Uh, and I, I don't really know if it would be like the American dream now. Maybe no. the American dream during the Depression. Yeah. Again, you, you're missing... You're, you're on it. You see the ball, but... You're closing your eyes when you're swinging. I don't know. I don't know. Andrew Rowe, coming in with the righteous review here. Come on, Andrew. Enlighten me here. This book is so bad. What? Had to read it in English. Cusses too much for an English class when you were in high school. End quote. Girl, come on! You know what, Andrew? That is so true. The idea to have young students reading cuss-filled book. You're a student. That's like the greatest thing ever. When we read that book out loud, I would make sure that I got Emphasize. paragraphs. I would make sure that I got paragraphs with the words in it. So it would come along and I would just yell, Yeah, <laughs> feel good about it. If there's, I mean, if only, if only, Andrew, there was meaning to those superficial cuss words. If only those curse words were there to build believable characters for the time period and environment, and he put them in there to make a believable story. Come on. Hmm. Come on, Andrew. Get deeper, man. Get deeper. Okay, don't worry. Hannah Smith's gonna save it. Please. Here Please. we go. Please. I need this, Hannah. Quote, here's a real review, because most of the reviews here are cringe. Period. Okay. <laughs> of Mice and Men is an interesting book that relates to the themes of naturalism. I read this in 10th grade honors English class, and I understand how it connects to different themes and symbols that appear in the book. This book is a thrilling and mature novel for the young adult audience. Oh, Hannah. Hannah knocking it out of the park. Hannah, that review was cringe. <laughs> I say. So true. I'm also not sure if you understand the various themes that appear in this book. Because it doesn't seem like you brought up any of these various themes in the book. You just said there were various themes. You, you said that, then you tuned your own horn, and you said, everybody should read it, I'm out. Drop that's, the mic on the stage, hit enter. That's right, that's right. Well, don't, don't worry. Because we've got... Onidia, Onidia, Onidia Lions, who's going to come in here and save it with hers. Here we go. Last one. Quote, I really love this juicy book. I recommend you read it and you will love it. End quote. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's a lot of tension there. Yes. This is a juicy book. I do need to read the book again. It is such a juicy book. You don't have any idea how juicy it is. All right. We are going to take a break. We are going to hear uh, from our guest of honor once again. This is Miss You. We will be right back on the Doc G Show. Sometimes I don't know what to do. What this world's been coming to So give 
Keep your loved ones close to you Beating and you're broken All the blood that flows Let you know you're still alive Put you in the ground, or let them slander you and say that you would never try Cause none of us are getting out alive No, none of us are getting out the show everybody today we are joined by lead singer of the band miss you mr blaze band blaze how's it going man how are you man thanks so much for having me yeah man so first off i gotta tell the listeners i i, I love your name i had a teacher in okay. college his name was blaze mafia and ever since then i thought blaze was the coolest name i was like man wish i had the name blaze well, I- <laughs> I think if you put mafia at the end of anything, it's gonna be cooler. <laughs> it did. It did add a little bit to it, but still, the blaze part just sets it off, man. It's a. It's a great name. It's a great yeah. name. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um. So, Miss You is based out of New York, uh, but you and Omer yeah. both were born a good ways away from New York. Uh, you grew up. Yeah. In in Alaska. Uh, yeah. In that environment, you were you were sort of removed from you know things people know the modern conveniences a lot of the things that uh people are used to in their daily life but you did have a lot of music going on uh what was your first instrument 
you started uh, tinkering around with, playing with? Hmm. Um, we were pretty isolated where I grew up in, and uh, on the in the Kenai Peninsula. It's like three hours south of Anchorage. It's like pretty far away from anything. But um, my uh, stepfather mm-hmm. um, always had a lot of instruments in the house. That was one thing that we we were pretty rich, and we had pianos and. He had violins and, and upright basses and, and uh, guitars and kind of everything. And the first thing that I could hold and uh, could be the most obnoxious with and not break was was a harmonica. So uh. I used to play harmonica. I used to play harmonica when he was uh, when he was playing guitar. And um, it's one thing that he gave to all of us kids was music, and it was uh, really a, a um, a priceless gift. Yeah, know? definitely, definitely. Well, I heard actually. I, I saw in one interview that you were, you, you started to do some, you know, like bluegrass festivals with your brother. Yeah, um, yeah. Me and me, me and my brother Paul. Um, when we first started playing guitars, and, and um, he's a fantastic banjo player. He's he's um, been playing for a long time. He's a fantastic guitar player and great singer. Um, so me and my older brother um, got pretty into making music, and the first the first band that I was ever in was with him, and he sort of started it. And uh, um, I think the first couple of songs that I wrote too, um, uh, we started playing some bluegrass festivals because that's kind of what yeah. what you do in Alaska, you know. Um, there's bluegrass in this country, and there's um, not a lot in between. Um, some alternative rock here and there, but mostly that was kind of the scene, you know? Yeah. So so before we could really um, walk with a guitar face without, or walk with a guitar without it hitting the side of the, uh, with the without it hitting the ground, we were playing bluegrass. <laughs> so you were already writing some, what, what age were you when you started writing those songs? Um, oh, probably, probably nine or 10 or 11. Wow. Somewhere in there. Yeah, wow, that's 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 young man. What, what kind what kind of uh, music? Uh, you know, I guess I guess you would say like popular music or what kind of uh, uh, just music in general did you like listening to? Obviously, that was what was big in Alaska. But were there some outside influences that you were really into? Hmm. I don't know. We weren't exposed to a, a whole ton. Uh, we had like one pop radio station and, and I listen to that and I think they're still playing the same songs <laughs> on rotation on that station now yeah um, and, and when I was little uh, what I thought was new music I was listening to whatever my stepfather listened to which was a lot of Bob Dylan and, and the Stones and, and Cat Stevens and some Elliot Smith and, and uh, n- not a whole lot of modern stuff some Randy Travis but on the radio station I was like it was like Goo Goo Dolls and, and yeah. uh, uh, like um, some Jars of Clay and, yeah. and uh, uh, I mean good bands just like uh, Dishwalla and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, all like early 2000s soft alt rock, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so stuff like that, you know? Nice, nice. Well, I heard in uh, one one particular interview you did, you you singled out Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson as far as like at at, at sort of a, 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 a you know 
turning point? When did you get into, you know, those type of bands a little bit more? I think when I was like 12 or 13 and my brother got his license. Oh, and okay. he started going and buying CDs. Yeah. Um, that's when we got into like heavier stuff like Spanish Nails and, and Marilyn Manson were big in Alaska. And then uh, um, he bought some older stuff like Nirvana and uh, and like early post-hardcore stuff like Thrice and, and TBS and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, also like some strange stuff thrown in there like No Doubt and shit like that. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, so we started getting a, a musical education of our own and listening to that stuff and like some more more hip hop like Tupac and and uh and Nelly and, and yeah. uh, like um a mixture of things, you know. It's um, real all, all over the board. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, so. uh, s- something that was obviously a huge uh impact in your life your mom died suddenly of, of cancer when you were around 14, uh, which obviously had a huge impact on your life. Uh, how, how do you think that that tragedy in particular shaped the way that you approach music? How did it shape the way I approach music? Um, I would say it's impossible not to shape everything that I yeah. ended up doing from then on. Yeah. Um, I would say that it probably derailed anything that I was very motivated about for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, me and my brother stopped playing together. Um, I, I, you know, honestly, I would probably be uh, a very different musician today. Yeah. I would probably, uh, I probably would have played music with my brother and uh, would probably have had a band with him. We'd probably be something more like the Abbott Brothers at at. Yeah. at this point and uh or, or like a bright eyes thing going on um and uh but that's um, that's what i was gonna ask did you see yourself leaving alaska ever before that hmm. no i didn't i didn't really i mean i always like dream traveling and, and doing stuff but i didn't really see uh I, I didn't think that far ahead and that certainly wasn't on my radar until uh, yeah uh, until that happened and yeah. uh so, you know, and I ended up not playing music for, for quite a few years because I was just trying to survive. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't start really playing again until I was 16 or 17. Yeah. Um, uh, or writing songs again until I was 16 or 17. Yeah. Um, and then playing music pretty regularly then. Yeah. Um, and doing like what tour and, and getting into post-hardcore bands and stuff like that. Yeah, that's... Um, that's where you you, so, you, you know, went to New York. That was around 18, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 17, 18. Yeah. And I was playing in hardcore bands at that point. But um, I think that, uh, I don't know. Uh, for me, uh, anybody who says they don't regret anything in their lives, like people who say no regrets, yeah. um, don't really think that that's uh, a very intelligent statement. I, don't think, <laughs> I think about, I think if you've lived any kind of uh, life, then you regret many things and you learn from them and yeah. you keep them with you and, and the, the pain or the, or the pain that you caused or the, or the pain that you felt stays with you. It doesn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. And I don't think that time necessarily heals wounds. I think it just becomes more manageable as time goes on, but mm-hmm. it shapes who you are. And it doesn't mean that you need to project back your entire life, but it's certainly, I think it's certainly important to learn from the things that have happened. Like, yeah. And, you know, some idea of, you know, uh, we only live once and, and, and no regrets seems kind of ridiculous to me. Um, 
but like we only live once but we need to we need to learn as fast and as much as we can because of that you know oh yeah um, yeah I, th- I think people use that no regrets just to sort of make themselves feel better try to you know yeah try to try to to dull the pain by saying, oh, yeah, it's, who cares? No regrets. It's the last yeah. thing. Yeah, they like to be able to throw things away, but I don't think we should throw anything away, you know? So Yeah. Well, so you, you mentioned it uh, earlier there. When you moved to New York, uh, you, you sort of moved into uh, a rock space as far as, as your music was going, and uh, you were in yeah. the band Ionia. Uh, which you guys, like you said, you had uh, some pretty big milestones in the band. You were on the Warp Tour. Uh, m- the members of Miss You were part of that band. Uh, what? Yeah. What led you to the change to go to Miss You, and what did you want to see come creatively from Miss You that you weren't seeing in the previous band? We weren't uh, in in other bands. Um, we were not very. Uh, um, we were a very democratic process mm-hmm. in, in every way. And uh, I didn't um, have, I would say, the, the, the say or the control that, that I have now. Yeah. And I wasn't necessarily making the music that I wanted to make. Mm. I was sort of appeasing, appeasing a lot of people. Yeah. And um, I would like to believe that, that, uh, that, that kind of attitude um, is a good thing and I think that it is to a certain extent but I didn't really want to um, make the kind of music we were making right. and it really just came down to that mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to write songs that mattered to me and that, that um, were important to me so it was kind of like being honest with myself about my own narcissism or about my own uh, about my own uh, um, desires to to make what I wanted, you know, yeah. and and starting to realize that there's nothing wrong with that to just go and do it, you know. Nice. Um, so, so the band kind of uh, evaporated, yeah. and uh, it was time to move on and, and start something else. And yeah. uh, Omer and me were very much on the same page about what kind of music we wanted to make, and uh, we went and did that, you know. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. I, I've noticed throughout your career uh, in, in the different bands, you've always been real passionate about having a strong message in the music yeah whether it's socially charged or emotionally charged now uh correct me if i'm wrong but what i see and miss you uh especially from the last singles have been a little bit more sort of emotionally charged than really you know injustice or socially charged on these last several songs yeah, I think all the music that I write is protest music to a certain extent because that's the kind of music I grew up on. Yeah, the sort of ethos yeah. I have. But uh, and I would agree with that. I think that the the songs in this band have been uh, more organic and less premeditated with the messages that that I'm writing. Yeah, um, I think a lot of the new stuff is is uh, more socially charged. Um, but um, I think they're all also you know socially charged because I think I think. I think mental health is incredibly important in today's world, and, and being um, a younger adult in, in this generation, um, and watching how addicted people are to social networks and how removed they are from from actual social situations, and how loneliness is sort of this 
pandemic was taking place. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to, I believe in talking about things, even if you don't have the answers, talking about things. And I think that music is there to sort of push the envelope forward and to create dialogue. And um, for me, I see a lot of pain in people today yeah. and people, uh, and young people and, and people and people my age and, and uh, um, not a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. So, uh, dialogue, I think, is really vital to figuring out what can be done about it and um, getting people to just talk about it, you know? Yeah. Because uh, that's where it sort of starts, you know, and, and to make people realize that they're not, they're in no way alone in that, you know? Yeah. So I think that that's really important. Yeah, well, I I, I, I was going to ask as far as what uh, problem today you, you know, obviously we have tons of social problems and, and uh, problems in society in general, but that does seem to be a connection through all of those songs that you have is sort of yeah. tr trying to make that uh, human connection and try to make it, you know, a little less lonely and that people are, are yeah. going through that same same feel and along that line uh i noticed you mentioned before your 2018 single uh your body you said was uh inspired yeah. by uh steinbeck's uh novel of mice and men uh you know yeah. pitfalls of holding too closely to something you love trying to hold on to it too tight uh have you wrote many songs before that you were sort of inspired by liter literary works or was that one of the first that you were like eh Need to sort of tie this in. I feel this in the writing. Hmm. Oh no, I've, I've done that. I've done that quite a lot. Um, so some of the the literature and, and films and, and stuff that I that I consume is kind of um, obscure, but yeah. um, uh, but I've done it quite a lot. I think even subconsciously, and you know, um, I think that I think that everybody pulls from something, mm -hmm. and uh, nothing in today's world is completely uh i think original thought comes from pontificating from the influences around you yeah it's impossible to have completely original thought uh unless you are isolated inside of a cave for the first 18 years of your life and grow up completely alone yeah then maybe you could have original thought but even then whoever locked you in that cave is influencing your thoughts yeah so uh, in, a, in a substantial way so um i think that you know, everything comes from someplace, and and uh, every artist is a cannibal, um, so um, or a thief in one way or another, or you know, um, is pulling from somewhere and then reinterpreting um, a line or an attitude. Uh, well, it's always a different um, lens. You know, you always yeah. have you see it in a different way, and it, it always amazes me with artists. They'll they'll say they were inspired by something, and I try to look at their art, and I'm like, where, yeah, where where's the inspiration? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. see it. But you know what they made was still amazing. Like, you know, yeah. it, it's it's very difficult for me to look at you know Beatles songs, and they tell me that you know they were inspired by these mississippi delta blues artist and i'm like where right right where is the right. like besides the pentatonic yeah, right, scale yeah. that you use i don't see anything else that's that's there you know so right right I, sure. I i completely i completely get it it's uh it's a great song yeah. though great song oh thanks man yeah um i would say that and like uh in a very direct way uh timid and timbuk too which is another song mm -hmm. um uh 
did was directly inspired by a Kurt Vonnegut story, uh, uh, which is called Between Timmy and Timbuktu, which is about a, a, a guy who uh, loses his wife and sits around sort of shell-shocked in his boathouse by himself with his finger on this uh, word in the dictionary, sort of obsessed with this word, and that word is Between Timmy and Timbuktu. That word is time. Mm. how time can be this killer mm. and uh so the song coming in timbuk two is very much inspired by that story nice. um in in a big way uh, so you know um so you draw on are, that uh, a lot yeah you draw yeah, yeah. quite a bit so nice um so yeah that's a that's a, something that sort of happens naturally i get inspired by something yeah and i'll write about it yeah Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, I'm going to come back real quick to the music, but I want to I want to take a sidetrack real quick. I noticed you're a, a you're a pretty big fan of fitness. Yes. I mean, first of all, yes. it's, it's pretty obvious you're in you're in pretty phenomenal shape. You know, most of oh, most of the pictures you're you're killing it. Uh, what type of role does fitness play in your life day to day? Like, what you know. How, how do you use it? What kind of uh, inspiration or what does it do for you from day to day? I would say it's vital to my mental health. I, I would say it's vital to most people's mental health. I think yeah. we live in a world where we are pretty, we, we are pretty uh, young people are pretty uh, coddled by the, the civilized world that we live in. And yeah. I think that without, I think that one is connected to the other, the mental health and that, that, that your own contentment is uh, very much connected to getting your blood moving in yeah. one way or the other. And, and I think it changes your, you know, your the chemistry in your brain in a substantial way to, mm -hmm. you know, to take a run and to feel your lungs and to feel your body uh, um, pushing itself can really change your day you know oh, yeah. doing anything physical can really change your day in a in a real way or to um um and can create motivation it can create like um inspiration it can create you know makes uh, you feel alive it's yeah and i think it's really important you um, just feel off when you don't have it there in your day if you don't get to do it do you just feel because yeah if i if i if i don't do something active every day i don't really feel uh comfortable in my own skin and it's like i'm not just i think above you know your own narcissistic need to, to look good i think it's about feeling good yeah you know? definitely um, so you know i like to do the things that i do i i run and i box and i bike and and um i lift and and i just like to be active and impart yeah. that on other people because I think it's really important. <laughs> Just like it's really important to eat well. You know, you, you live in your body in your house for only a certain amount of time, and you might as well decorate and you might as well clean up. You know, yeah. um, so so get some tattoos and and, and <laughs> go for a f run. You know, That's my advice. You know? I, I like it. I like it. Well, I noticed you yeah. you mentioned boxing. And uh, yeah. I noticed you actually been training over at Overthrow Boxing Gym there in yeah. New York. Yeah. Uh, what do you like about coaching and training, you know, with boxers? Um, I think that uh, boxers are incredibly disciplined athletes. And oh yeah, I, I've been boxing. I've been boxing for quite a while, um, and I like uh, 
getting in the ring with people sometimes, and I like to fight sometimes, but um, instructing, I think it's just good to impart any knowledge that you have and anything that you have spirit about. It's your responsibility to give it to other people. Yeah. It's your responsibility to, when you make music to give it away. Yeah. Um, learn as much as you can and then give it away. You know, Create as much as you can and then give it away. I think that's the most righteous thing that you can do as a human, You know, is share art and uh, knowledge with others. For and sure. inspire others, you know, to enrich their lives, you know. Yeah, man. Well, it looks like it looks like a fun place, a creative and place to work out. It seems like a yeah, it seems like a cool environment. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Very nice. Very nice. well. Also, you you mentioned eating, and uh, I read you grew up as a vegan. Uh, were, yeah. Were yeah, you were you a vegan in Alaska? Like the whole time you were? I mean, just basically since you've been alive, you've been a vegan. Yeah, since I've been since I've been breathing air, I've been wow uh, um, eating mostly vegetarian food, uh, occasional piece of fish here and there. But yeah, but I've never I've never had steak, I've never had uh, swine. I've never wow. like I've tried chicken once or twice. I've, I've never had a cup of coffee in my whole life. I've never. Uh, we grew up pretty pretty uh, on a pretty simple diet of vegetables and grains and legumes and yeah. you know. Uh, no processed sugar of any kind. That was kind of the way I grew up. Um, I would say that I ate the occasional piece of junk food compared to that now. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I eat a pretty a pretty clean diet. That's impressive, man. That is impressive. Definitely helps with the uh, overall health, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. Back to the music, man. You guys have released seven singles uh, yeah. since 2018. Now... Yeah. I noticed for all of those songs, you wrote and edited and directed all the videos. Talk about that creative yeah. control, man. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, what do you see as the differences creatively between like writing a song and then creating a video? Like, what what are the highlights of creating that video versus writing the song? I mean, for me, they're very separate things. For me, a, a video is an opportunity to uh, to make a short film. Yeah, that's why I don't. I don't. I'm not crazy about, with the exception of the last video, I've never put instruments in a film mm -hmm. because I'm not crazy about getting people to play uh, yeah. instruments that people want to see a live band. They should go see a live band. Um, yeah, but uh, to some uh, people in the in the management sector of of my group that they strongly urge that, mm -hmm. but, um, I, I'm into more, um, taking the, being inspired by the song to make a short film. I yeah. think is the, the most interesting aspect of it. And it's another opportunity to express, um, the ideas in the song with a different point of view and, uh, to create something interesting. So that's Definitely. what I, I try to do. Um, some of our videos are just live videos. I think we've only done, We've only done four uh, music videos, and mm -hmm. the other ones are live videos. And uh, of those four, I've directed all of them and edited them all. And uh, um, I'm pretty proud of them. But uh, yeah. there are pieces for the part, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely you get to flex a different creative muscle when you're doing that. Yeah, for sure. For Very sure. cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. What do you have for, uh, planned as far as new releases? Are we planning more singles, or is it going to be a, a full EP or LP? coming up uh, i think we'll probably keep releasing singles because i think that uh we live in a society that's very ocd and very uh <laughs> um uh we live in um uh it's very hard to hold people's attention definitely and uh even though 
your body and uh, those six songs were sort of accompanied together. They were released one at a time because it just made more sense for every song to sort of have its own life. Yeah. And uh, until we were in a position where visibility is higher mm-hmm. and uh, uh, people are really have a lot of spirit about listening and hearing from us, mm-hmm. uh, we'll probably keep releasing uh, pieces of music uh, one at a time or a couple at a time um, so that everything can get its its moment in, in the attention or the 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 consciousness of the people that are interested you know yeah definitely are are, are you a fan though of creating an album of you know having a, a whole collective of songs that go together and tell a story it, you know together instead of just doing one one song at a time i don't know i guess you could uh... I mean, I, I did that with everything that was released in, in 2018 and 2019. Yeah. That was all sort of one thing. The Your Body EP was a thing. Right. But it was released single at a time. Um, but I don't know. Not To be honest with you, I don't I don't see the... I think that songs uh, should stand alone and that you should put energy into them and that each one should be a complete thought for the most part, like, like, a, like a short film or something. Yeah. But, um, but I think that people do that in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, I, I, I like creating a song like, like a sentence yeah. and having it stand alone, you know? Yeah. And it could be, it could very well be connected to other things, but, um, and, and be, you know, a collection of thoughts. But, but, uh, for me, I, I prefer it that way. For sure. For sure. I, I can definitely see, I, I can see the, the benefit definitely and 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 being able to focus on one thing and you know create that story to its fullest yeah. uh now yeah. last thing on facebook i noticed just a couple of days ago you posted that uh there's some exciting news coming in december uh can i, I know you can't give it away but can you give us a, a hint in what direction that exciting news is coming from what uh yeah area? sure but, yeah uh, the direction is um, from management, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> the the news is uh, is exciting. All right, and that's all I'm giving. <laughs> okay, well, all right. it seems and, it seems pretty exciting. Yeah, um, I, I think that um, it's it's some some information about about some shows. That's all, and I Very think cool. that um, um, uh, it'll be cool to uh, start getting back out. And I think we'll be making a lot of announcements about about shows so very um, nice so that's good so yeah. listeners should should keep up make sure to to keep a lookout for shows coming their way yes. for sure i like it man blaze we are up against yeah. a break man but i want to thank you for taking the time to come on and talk with us today it's been a blast yeah thanks so much for having having me man i appreciate it and uh um uh yeah please come uh, like whoever hears this i hope they come and check us out on instagram and facebook and and uh at our website and reach out to us and, and uh, create a dialogue and of course uh, check out the music of course listeners you can check them out at uh, the website which is www.missyoumusic.com or you can follow them like he said Instagram and other social medias at missyou underscore music right now let's take a listen to their most recent single Not That Deep right here on the Doc G Show Lost some sleep 
Hope we get it back World dealt you a bluffing hand Against you it's been stacked No, you're scared God knows so am I But I won't let you fall this time Focus on my eyes here on the Doc G Show. You just heard a little bit more of Miss You. Band, we just talked to Blaze. Good name, am I right? Yeah, I'll Still. always be envious of it. Blaze. I mean, I mean, he was trying to say that Blaze Mafia, which I will also agree, it is a better name, but still... Blaze just sets it off. You sound you sound strong. Like I mean, if, sound. like I mean, if you're Ted Mafia, that's not good. Like oh. nobody wants to talk to Ted Getting Mafia. Little, yeah. But Blaze Mafia? Yeah. Yeah. That's Blaze right. Band? The ultimate package. Plus Blaze Band sort of rolls off the tongue as well, you know. It's double Bs. Blaze and the boys. Exactly. The, wow, that's oh, even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's even cooler. Jeff impressed himself with that. <laughs> Wait a second. That's awesome. That really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Well, he should think about it. He's going with Miss You. It's good so far. It's really yeah, working. Yeah, it's working for him. It's working for him. The ladies love Blaze. They're all about Blaze. He's got, I mean, the vegan and the working out, it's working for him. He's fit. Yeah. Again, like the ultimate package. He's a, he's a shredded man. If you if you see it, he he does a lot of shows shirtless, and I understand why. <sighs> My I, feet are sweating right now, please. I, <laughs> I understand why. Nonetheless, nonetheless, thank you to Blaze for being on the show. Fantastic. Um, it's time for the last birthday suit. Sweet. Okay, this one's gonna be the hardest. Deal it. This is going to be a hardest. Okay. Born on November 20th, 1925. Man. Jeez. <laughs> and now, if if Dave or Justin were here, I would hope they've heard a lot of birthday suits, so they may not remember it, but I would hope they would remember Brookline, Massachusetts. Anyways, should ring a bell for them. Doesn't ring anything for you. Anyways, our birthday suit wearer was one of nine children. He was Jeez. the seventh out of nine. A birthday suit lover, <laughs> birthday suit what? lover, birthday suit wearer loved history, young age. At the age of seven, his family moved to Bronxville in New York. He attended high school there. In 1938, he went to London where his dad was the ambassador for the United Kingdom. Hmm. In 1943, our birthday suit wearer enlisted in the Navy Reserve. He was stationed in Maine, away from the action of World War II, which he wasn't happy about. He wished he was in the uh, in the action. One of his older brothers did see action. Actually, both of his other older brothers did, and uh, his older brother was killed in combat in his plane when it exploded during a mission. In 1946, our birthday suit wearer went to Harvard, studied journalism. Even though he was only 5'10 and 155 pounds, he played on the varsity football team, earned two letters in varsity football. He then went to UVA Law School in 1948, and in 1951, he helped his brother John run for the Senate in Massachusetts, and his brother won Senate seat in Massachusetts. In 1960, he helped his brother run and win president. His brother, or he he himself, was then appointed attorney general. His brother appointed him attorney general. Throughout the 60s, he became more and more involved in civil rights. However, in 1963, his brother was assassinated while president. In 1968, our birthday suit wearer announced he was going to run for president. And then sadly, on June 6, 1968, our birthday suit wearer was also assassinated name that birthday suit wearer oh this put me on blast here uh yeah, history class yeah history class Man, blast. i wish i'd not paid attention though again my gut feeling is going to be a kennedy yeah you're correct God. correct you are correct it is a kennedy so it, we know uh, john kennedy was assassinated which was his brother you said Ted Mafia, so I can only think of Ted right now. <laughs> Ted was never assassinated. There was never a Ted Kennedy. No, there was a Ted Kennedy. <laughs> that was assassinated. Yeah, there you go. There you go. He was he lived out a full life and then just died a couple of years ago, actually. Which one was assassinated in 1968 in California? 
I don't I don't have it. Hold on. Robert Kennedy. Robert. Kennedy. Robert Kennedy. Yes, indeed. Looked like he actually he won a big. That was the thing. He won the California primary, and it was big news. And they were like, "Oh my God, another Kennedy's going to be president." And then that night, he was assassinated. It's very sad. Very sad. It was you know in a in a long line of assassinations there in the mid to late 60s. You had John F. Kennedy. You had Martin Luther King. You had Malcolm X. You had uh, uh, Robert Kennedy. Uh, very, very sad. Very sad. But uh, a lot of promise in Robert Kennedy. Ro- a lot of promise. Actually, they. Uh, I think, if I can remember correctly, it's... The uh, hmm. the building for defense, perhaps, uh, that's named after Robert Kennedy. One of the one of the official biz, uh, buildings for the administration in D.C. is named the Robert Kennedy Building. Can't remember what it is. Not a clue. It was one of them. Uh, George W. actually dedicated w. it to uh, Robert uh, Robert Kennedy. But nonetheless, it's his birthday. We should remember. Robert Kennedy. Yeah. There we go. Happy birthday, RFK. Happy birthday. Very nice. Very righteous man. So true. I had to go through a lot of things with his brother. Had to go through the Cuban oh, yeah. Missile Crisis. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Yikes. And his brother, John, Addison's disease. That's a fact. Had Addison's disease. Really? Yeah. They kept it under wraps for a long time. Nobody knew. Everybody thought he was this health, healthy dude. And he was, he was. I mean, at one point, they actually brought in a priest and read him his last rites because they didn't think he was going to I remember leave. hearing that, I think. Yeah, then he survived. And they're like, oh, everything's good. Nothing ever happened to that Carry dude. Don't on. worry about it. That's Go ahead. Fine. Uh, then, of course, you know, went to Dallas. That didn't turn out so well. No. Uh, nope. But nonetheless, I derailed. I'm sorry. Robert Kennedy, birthday, November 20th. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. RFK. Uh, okay. Jeff, this is the time of the show where I let you know about all the great shows that we have coming up. Now, I do believe you're going to grace the great listeners of this show with a another pre- your presence for the next show. Am I oh, right? I'll be back. Oh, fantastic. I'll be back. Oh, I am so excited. I can't wait. Can we do maybe an update when you go out on your trip to Red Rock? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. I'll, where, tell you, I'll tell you the tales of it. Oh, where in the world is El Jefe May? We're bringing it back, oh, that's everybody. A, that's a throwback. There we go. We're bringing it back. But uh, aside from you being on the show, which the listeners should be very excited about that. That's right. We also, next week, I'm extremely excited. We always have a great Thanksgiving show. They're always great shows. We had Blackberry Smoke on the show for Thanksgiving, which, great band, fantastic band. We had Andy Frasco, who's one of our favorites. Always a good time with Andy Frasco. This year, we have got none other than four-time Grammy-winning Kebmo. Bang. Straight out of Compton. (laughs) He is. Fun fact. He literally is straight out of Compton. He was born in Compton, 1951. Yes, indeed. What an individual. Uh, yeah, yeah. But as I've heard him mention, and as I figured, Compton wasn't really the same back in 1951. Yeah. Crips and the uh, Crips and the Pyrus didn't exist back in 1951. So he was living in a nice, lovely neighborhood. Yeah, much more tame. And you know, I, I, I would assume. You know what he says? That Compton everybody thinks of today. That's not what him and his friends know. Nope. Yeah. They know a nice, loving neighborhood that's all about together Oof. and family. 
That's what he knows. That must have been hard to to sort of watch. Yeah, like, tra- transpire. But you know it, what? He doesn't accept it. I mean, he just had his fiftieth reunion for his uh, high school in Compton. Oh yeah. They had a great time. They had a great time. But we're gonna have a great time when he comes on our show. Thanksgiving special. Can't wait. It's gonna be good times. So we're true. also after that got the Band of Skulls. Say what? So I was telling you. Great name once more. Great name. We we know where the name comes from. Uh, we've got Russ coming on, who is their guitarist, who is a vocalist. Also, uh, it's a two piece now. It started out. It was Matt, Emma, and Russ. Now it's it's just Matt, or it's just uh, Russ and Emma. Uh, Matt uh, left the band. Apparently, it was on amicable terms. They were they were okay with the leaving, and now it's just Emma and Russ. And apparently, Emma, she's a really great artist as well, painter. Ooh. She does a lot of the artwork for the the uh, the art uh, the uh, CD covers, the album covers. That's right. That's where they met. Actually, was at the Wimbledon School of Art. In London. Yeah. That sounds really fancy. Yeah. Well, you know, as Russ puts it, he was basically just loitering. He was really. <laughs> Emma, Emma was actually being an artist, and he says, I don't know what I would have done if I wasn't a, a musician, because I'm not good at that. So, you know, at the art hmm. stuff. So, so he went, uh, and they, they made a three-piece, and they've been doing it ever and since. And look at them now. Yeah. And they're, they've, they've been celebrating their... 10th anniversary of their uh, first album actually oh yeah yeah their first album came out in 2009 got plenty of great singles I checked it out just the other day on Spotify millions of listens for each one of those singles so true yeah biggest one was like 20 million listens I was like how that feel Mm. that's gotta feel pretty good there you go congratulations Russ exactly and Emma everybody that's associated with that band and they're gonna be here first week of December very excited I got a couple of aces up my sleeve that I'm not going to release to the listeners of other great shows that are coming. We've got a live performance coming to the studio, the Doc G Studio. Drake Freeman is coming in. He's going to play some tunes. I'll let that ace out. What? That, that ace came I out. I was going to say, you're keeping aces up your sleeve, and but, you're immediately pulling them out. But I've got a couple <laughs> I've got a couple that are still up there. Got other ones. Okay. They're, they're, even, they're even, I don't want to say better than Drake Freeman, because I don't want to put Drake down like that, because he's fantastic. Yeah. But I've got, some, I've got some big names. They're up the sleeve right Ooh. now. They're up the sleeve. Look you're forward to that to one. You're going to have to wait, listeners. But until next time, I have been your host, Doc G. With me this week, special guest, El Jefe May. Been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Always loving it. It is. It is an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, those slackers will get their act together for next show. Girl, come on. Gosh. You're not doing anything important. No. I know they're not. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled, listeners. Anyways, until next time, guys, zip it up and zip it out.